Welcome to Get Real with Richard Walter. When I uh, used to teach screenwriting at uh, UCLA, uh, the main course that I took was a seminar with eight writers around the table. But, um, uh, you know, everybody writing a screenplay. Um, but uh, some quarters, UCLA and the University of California, for the most part, is uh, on the qu- three academic quarters, 10 weeks each, instead of the, the traditional two semesters. Uh, there were some quarters where I lectured on on screenwriting. Uh, the fundamentals of screenwriting stood up for 50 minutes and did the Richie Walter show. Um, uh, and it was a, a, one of the rare film courses uh, in, in, in that. It was open to anybody at the university. You didn't have to be a film major to take that. So I would have two, <laughs> a couple hundred students there. It was notoriously easy A and... Um, uh, 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 kind of a, uh, if you bothered to come to class, it could be a fun way to knock off a couple of credits, just two credits. Uh, and I used to write on the board, I used to talk about my basic principles, that's what I want to talk about t- today, um, and, and in the next few podcasts, the single overarching uh, uh, principle that we had, that I would write on the board, was, was, was well, the, the way I, I always did it was as a, what I called a triumvirate of triumvirates. There was a list of, there were three lists of three things. And the overarching list, and they're just really symbols or words. The first one was symbols. The very, the the first one was actually a dollar sign. And um, next to that was an S, the letter S slash V. And that stood for sex and violence. And then there was a circle with the word truth in it with a slash across it, meaning like no truth, don't tell the truth. Lie through your teeth. Those were my basic screenwriting principles. Suck for bucks. Try to make as much money as you can. Get all of the sex and violence in there that you possibly can. And uh, for God's sake, don't tell the truth. Lie through your teeth. Now, I I said these things partly uh, uh, just just to outrage <laughs> the the uh, snobs uh, and uh, uh, old colleagues of mine, frankly, uh, left over from another era who, um, colleagues at that time, we're talking uh, years and years and years and years ago when we first started these lectures and I would put that on the board and people would hear about it. <laughs> a lot of people thought of, uh, a lot of the faculty was washed up uh, uh, practitioners who had fallen back onto teaching when they couldn't get in. Any work, um, I actually was was never busier than when I came to the university and and was afraid that uh, when I got invited at a party in Malibu, uh, uh, I was afraid to join the faculty. I thought it would, would interfere with my writing. But in fact, I wrote more afterwards. Uh, uh, being on the faculty actually motivated me to arrange my time and, and uh, keep a schedule, and, and I was more productive, not less after taking on that obligation. That's something the university expects you to do, a research institution like the University of California where teaching is your second duty. Your first, uh, your first priority has to be your, your, your research, your scholarship, or in the arts, they call it creative activity. So uh, I was busy with being creative. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I didn't really need the job. I was making more money off campus than on, and... Uh, so I could say what I wanted, even though I didn't have tenure at that time. 
And I used to propose to my, my you know, in, in, in part of the, again, I put that dollar sign there because I wanted to outrage some of my colleagues who, who thought that a, a, a popular film, big Hollywood hit was no good, that, uh, you know, the best films were obscure. The only worthy films were obscure, little, little uh, lost, oh, ignored Bulgarian uh, uh, tone poems. Um, God, you don't want to tell a story with stars and stuff like that. And it took some doing to to explain uh, my position uh, with, without getting into danger. Um, that in the public and popular arts, it's not a sin or a scandal to reach the uh, public and the populace. Not a not a sin or a scandal to make some money. Even uh, don't, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster success. Like um, uh, Avatar or Star Wars, uh, though no scandal if it if it is nothing nothing uh, wrong with that. Um, it can be more modest than that, though. But at least it needs to be big enough. That is to say, the return on it to uh, support the uh, uh, people who made the movie, so they can make another they can make another one. Um, that I think is the minimum. That is. Is required, and that's that's not such a little bit, but but it's not that much either. Uh, um, but again, the whole point uh, is that audiences aren't stupid; they're smart. They have had a way to find the good stuff over the years. All of the classics were were not uh, just artistic, creative, critical successes, but also uh, commercial successes, big big box office. Anyway, we will. Uh, um, in, in, as I talk about these principles, again, there's that dollar sign, the sex and violence, by the way, SNV, it just meant conflict that didn't have to be uh, sexual and it didn't have to be physically violent. But yes, emotionally, it, you, you, you got to have conflict. Where do you need conflict in a screenplay? Erwin uh, R. Blacker, the legendary teacher at UC, USC, um, used to ask that, <laughs> that question of his screenwriting students in the class and he would say before you answer i want you to know that uh, i just want a one-word answer and again the question was where do you need uh, conflict in a screenplay and everybody had an answer together and it was all one word and the answer of course was everywhere consensus agreement um oh has a very important place in our lives but but movies <laughs> movies is not that place um so that's what I meant by sex. And as far as truth is concerned, I just meant uh, movies are, they have to look true, but they're not, they're not true. They're the opposite of true. There's nothing phonier than a, uh, than a movie. Nothing more arranged, juggled, shuffled, reshuffled. And we'll talk more about that in podcasts to come. I want to just briefly, before we finish up, uh, Today, uh, mention the other three, uh, the other, the, the other triumvirates, the other two triumvirates. One is idea, story, and theme. More about that to, to come. And regarding story, uh, uh, another triumvirate, which is beginning, middle, and end. That's what a story, a story has. I think story is the most important part of dramatic narrative. Um, dramatic narrative is a story. The theme is the underlying principle that uh, uh, drives the story. Um, 
It's not uh, the subject of the story. Um, the theme of Jaws, I've mentioned in previous podcasts, is not sharks. Yeah, it's about sharks, but, but the theme is uh, uh, society hates a truth teller. They don't want to know about these this, this sheriff who's telling about the, the danger of the sharks. They want to know that it's going to interfere with their, uh, uh, their season, uh, their business. Never mind that it's the truth. Everybody hates the truth teller. Um, but I want to close off by saying something about idea, story, theme. A theme, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, is not the subject, uh, but the organizing principle. The organizing principle, I think, of all of my own work, and quite frankly, we'll talk more about this, I think all dramatic narratives have really one theme, and that theme is identity. Who am I? Uh, what am I? How do I know I'm really even here? Did you ever have a dream and thought it was real? How do you know this ain't a, a dream that you're going to wake up from and discover that you're actually a chat rabbit in Nebraska? Um, no, I think it's all about identity. My new book, Deadpan, check it out, richardwalter.com. Give you the link to Heresy Press, its publisher. I don't mind a bit if you buy it. I don't mind a bit. Um, I promise you will enjoy it. Um, you'll get engaged by it. Well, uh, yeah, it's a funny book. It's about a grim subject, but there's enjoyment in it. I bet you find it's about a guy, a uh, West Virginia Buick dealer in the early seventies, who whose business is failing and uh, suddenly finds himself transformed into. Uh, the world's most successful, uh, uh, best-known, most popular uh, comedian. And since so many comedians are Jews, and um, uh, uh, so, so many, so many uh, um, comedians are, are in, in, into Jewish kind of angst, uh, I decided to make uh, the protagonist uh, the when he's an auto dealer, into an anti-Semite. So it's a day, a man spends a day in the life of an anti-Semite. That is to say, an anti-Semite spends a day in the life of a Jew. Um, and it's, it, it's all about uh, uh, who am I, what am I? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, but I, I say again, I think that all, uh, all dramatic narratives, just that they are stories of identity. Whose identity? The identity of the person writing the uh, the narrative. I mean, who else? Thanks for listening. To Get Real with Richard Walter, please do subscribe on Medium and Substack uh, and share these episodes with your pals on social media. Come on back and we'll keep talking about this uh, subject.